Welcome to Blind Squirrel Macro the Pod, our usual companion to the weekly newsletter which you can find for free at blindsquirrelmacro.com. Squirrel here on the morning of Tuesday the 30th of January back in Melbourne. Schools restart this week just in time for a big time in macro. Quick message from legal, everything in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is categorically not investment advice. Before making any investment decisions, for heaven's sake, don't listen to a cartoon rodent talk to a financial advisor. Now, as a relative newcomer to the lucky country, nervous sentiments are never far from the back of this rodent's mind when contemplating the sheer quantity of lethal wildlife knocking around down under. The squirrel would like to assure readers that the spotting of a four-metre great white shark just lurking off the local beach in Sorrento where we were staying last week had absolutely nothing to do with our slightly earlier-than-planned return to Melbourne over the weekend. Gonna need a bigger boat, Chief Brody's iconic line from the movie Jaws has been swimming around my head all weekend. Now, we humans can never resist the urge to find a narrative to justify price action. In a week which the Magnificent Seven continued their march higher, actually, should we scratch that? I think we should call them the Magnificent Six now, after Tesla's recent earnings call. But anyway, however, this, this week, Wall Street's commentariat had its very own jump-the-shark moment. Morgan Stanley Wealth Management's Sherry Poole pretty much ensured that she will be haunted by the ghost of legendary value investment guru Benjamin Graham when she channeled her inner Kathy Wood and hopped on to CNBC last week to exhort the need for investors to reframe how they think about justifying valuations in the age of innovation. One of Wall Street's leading equity shops has clearly decided to quote-unquote educate investors that the world of prosaic accounting multiples like price-to-earnings or even price-to-sales ratios is perhaps too, shall we say, limiting. Apparently price-to-innovation multiples make it quote-unquote worth it to pay the premium. I think this cycle has just found its new catchphrase. During the late 1990s 2000 dot-com boom, I was working at Salomon Smith Barney in Asia. As a firm, our TMT, or Technology, Media and Telecom, banking practice focused on the second T and was largely a spectator to the Web 1.0 capital markets bubble, things like Pets.com and others. The internet powerhouses at the time were Morgan Stanley with their Queen of the Net, Mary Mika, and CSFB with its Friends of Frank Quatrone list. At Salomon, we had to largely scrape together a living from the less glamorous plays on the dot-com boom. In this case, the alternative telecom companies, the altcos. For that business, our resident royalty was rock star telecoms analyst Jack Grubman. Yeah, that one. We all know how the story ended. Ultimately, the Grubman research and E Street Y scandals triggered the beginning of the end for Sandy Weil. Now, your squirrel carried the bags during a couple of Mr. Grubman's state visits to the Asia-Pacific region as he lectured starry-eyed senior executives of Korean and Taiwanese telcos about the miracles of Worldcom's Bernie Ebers and Global Crossing's Drexel Jumpbong trader-turned-telecom scion Gary Winnock. It was actually a little bit excruciating. Our team ended up pretty much ringing the bell at the top of the alt-telco market with the IPO of a company called Asia Global Crossing in October of 2000. 
The internet bubble was already beginning to gently deflate, but the, the allure of this pan-Asian fiber network with SoftBank and Microsoft as partners alongside Global Crossing, the parent company, was enough to squeeze one last FOMO trade out of the market. On a side note, agile traders could have traded out of that IPO with a gain of about 40% if they'd sold within 90 days, i.e. by January of 2001. Everyone else lost everything. Many commentators like to cite Sun Microsystems' Scott McNeely's valuation truth bombs when it comes to describing that era. You'll remember this quote, At 10 times revenues, to give you a 10-year payback, I have to pay you 100% of revenues for 10 straight years in dividends. You don't need any transparency. You don't need any footnotes. What on earth were you thinking? If you have time, the, the, the transcript of the full 2002 interview from, that, from which that quote's taken is, 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 is still available online. There's a link to it in the note. It's well worth reading. So, but why, why am I bringing up this trip down memory lane? Sun and Cisco's networking equipment, together with the fiber optic cable networks of Global Crossing and its ilk like Level 1 and WorldCom, were the common sense, if you like, picks and shovels way to play the explosive internet theme back then. Fast forward two decades and you now have the AI, artificial intelligence boom. Now the picks and shovels this time around are of course the semiconductor stocks. This sector, with the rampaging NVIDIA at its head, has been at the forefront of investor focus ever since the launch of ChatGPT in late 2022. Last Tuesday, I sent out a note looking at an options-based structure intended as a, fear, as, a, as a FOMO or fear of missing out sleeping aid for investors that are worried about missing out on further moves in the sector. This is pretty career-divining for investors, particularly those with a market cap-weighted index benchmark. And I completely understand why they would feel very wary of chasing these stocks at such extreme valuations. Which is the very reason why commentators feel the need to change the traditional metrics by which we value companies. With the exception of NVIDIA focused, the NVIDIA-focused GPU chips arms race, 2023 was not actually a great year for industry financials, for the semiconductor industry that is. The median outlook for semiconductor ca company cash flows is also far from stellar. If you look at the components of the SOX, which is iShares Semiconductor ETF, sure you have NVIDIA tripling its cash flow in 2024, but nearly a third of the other names in that index will actually see cash flows fall this year in 2024. Let's face it, NVIDIA's Jensen Huang has given the market much to be excited about and to extrapolate. Now back to that Scott McNeely interview in 2022, let me quote again. I was thinking at $64, by that he means per share for Sun Micro at the peak, what do I do? I'm here to represent the shareholders. Do I stand up and say sell? I'd get sued if I said that. Do I stand up and say buy? Well, then they see uh, Enron chairman Ken Lay. So you just sit there and go, I'm going to be a bum for the next two years. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut and I'm not going to predict anything. And that's what I did. Well, at the other extreme, you have the announcement of $20 billion buybacks, monster forward guidance, new product teases the whole time, private cloud initiatives with Equinix and AI factories with Foxton. NVIDIA's leather, leather jacketed sporting Huang clearly has no plans to be a bum for the next two years. He seems keen to continue to fuel that perpetual motion machine that is the NVIDIA stock price. 
Benchmark money must continue to play the game while the music's still playing. It's no wonder that commentators are reaching for non-financial metrics in order to justify value. To torture the ad-libbed words of Chief Brody from Amity Island in Jaws, we're going to need a bigger narrative. Well, that's all for for this week on the pod. In the second part of the written note for paid subs this week, we discuss a big week ahead in macro, our new semiconductor hedge, how to play what are very tight credit spreads at the moment. We have a quick look at luxury um, and, of course, um, a revisit on our various energy themes, in particular refining, um, and also uranium, a bit of Brazil and a bit of agriculture. Please find out more about The Squirrel at blindsquirrelmacro.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Squirrel Macro. Thanks for listening. Squirrel out.